A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Let's pray. Father, would you help us this morning? Uh, we, we come to a topic that's a weighty one. And uh, I'm grateful uh, that your word speaks to it. Uh, your word speaks uh, to our pain. Uh, your word speaks to our sadness. And, and so I pray that this morning you would help us to hear your word speaking. Would you help us to come with humility and honesty? Uh, would you open our lives, our hearts, uh, to your healing word? And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of years ago, uh, I was in a very low, uh, a very dark place, emotionally, uh, spiritually. And uh, looking back on it now, I can see that I, in that time, in that season, I, I, basic, I had a basic choice to make. I, I was either going to get some help or I was going to walk away. I was going to walk away from pastoral ministry. Um, I was going to walk away from life in general. And I will always be grateful to God for for enough clarity to pick up a phone and call a counselor and sit down with him and begin to work with him through what Proverbs calls a crushed spirit. Uh, We put names on it like depression. Can you hear from from what we read that that wisdom isn't just concerned with our external behavior? Wisdom is deeply concerned with our inner life, including our emotions. In fact, to ignore our inner life, including our emotions, according to Proverbs, is dangerous and is foolish. And this book talks a lot about our hearts and our spirits. And it, and it shows us that those parts of us, they can become ill. Like our bodies, our hearts, our spirits, they can get sick. And I've been in enough conversations with enough of you to know that I'm not the only one in this room that has a tendency towards that. And this heart sickness, it can range from low-level discouragement to all-out despair. But I think every one of us in this room at a time in our life, maybe right now, uh, maybe this coming week, um, we deal with this tendency towards a spirit of sickness, a heart sickness, a crushed spirit. And so what should we do? Well, I want us to come to Proverbs like we would come to the doctor's office this morning. And so we're going to come to this book, and we're looking for a diagnosis, and we're looking for treatment. Okay, so first of all, diagnosis. The image of a crushed spirit comes from the world of winemaking. Right? You crush the grape in order to extract the juice. So a crushed spirit is a drained life. You heard it there in chapter 17, verse 22. A crushed spirit dries the bones. It's a drained life. It is the loss of that inner strength, that inner confidence that we need to get out of the bed in the morning. 
It is the diminishment or the loss of, of the energy that we need in order to give ourselves to the relationships in our lives, to our work, to the other aspects in our lives. A crushed spirit is a drained life. It is a loss of strength, confidence, a loss of, of energy. And, and, and as I said, you know, it can be, it can be an extreme level of, of suicidal uh, loss of the will to live. Or many of us experience it at, at a lower level of discouragement or just a, a weariness with life. Now, why does it happen? How do we get there? Why do we get so low? And Proverbs' answer to that is, it's complicated. It's complicated. Uh, this book is, is incredibly sophisticated in how it talks about how we work internally as human beings. It gives us a, a very nuanced and complicated view of what we would call psychology. And so there are a number of factors involved in what would cause someone to have a crushed spirit. Let me mention a few. First of all, physical. Did you hear it there in chapter 17? It's throughout the book. There is this mutual relationship in Proverbs between spirit and bones. Between the emotional and the physical. And so as people, we are integrated beings. And so our rational, our emotional, our spiritual our, our physical, those are, things are all integrated and interrelated. And so physical illness, chemical imbalance, an overactive thyroid, a, an abuse of a substance like alcohol, all of those things can contribute to our spirits being drained, our spirits being weighed down. Sleep, nutrition, diet... Exercise, all of those things are involved in how we feel, in our perspective on life, in, in the energy that we have uh, to live our lives. And so the physical is involved with the crushed spirit. And then the second factor is the moral. We didn't read in chapter 28, but it says that one can be weighed down by the blood of another. It's the idea of guilt. Guilt and shame, whether true or false, weigh us down. So the moral is involved with the emotional and the spiritual. And then a third factor is relational. You heard it there in chapter 14, verse 10. It talks about the heart knowing its own bitterness. It, it talks about how uh, the heart... No stranger shares the heart's joy. It's the idea of isolation, of loneliness, which drains us of energy for life. Abuse and neglect in relationships can be a major factor in someone having a crushed spirit. Competition and comparison. The end of chapter 14, verse 30, what rots the bones? Envy. Looking at other people and wanting to be like them, wanting to have what they have, it can weigh our spirits down. And so physical, moral, relational, and then a, then a fourth. And I, I think this factor underlies them all. And there are more that I could mention, but I think this one underlies 
them all. And I think this diagnoses all of us. Chapter 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Disappointment. The disappointments of life that every single person faces. Every person in this room has dreams and desires and hopes that have been or will be deferred, and not only deferred, but disappointed. And I hate to be a bummer, but, but even, even a, a generally happy life, it ends for everyone in the ultimate disappointment, right? It ends in death. One of my all-time favorite rock band names is, is the Scottish band called We Were Promised Jetpacks. We were promised jetpacks. I I think that is such a beautifully concise expression of life doesn't always turn out the way we thought it would. For everyone, life, their expectations for life are not completely met. All of us, and in much more serious ways than being unable to commute to work with a jetpack, uh, all of us face disappointments in relationships with, with work and, and with other aspects in our life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And we need to acknowledge that. The Bible teaches us to acknowledge that. Grief is wisdom. It is wise to learn to join the biblical tradition of lament, of naming our disappointments and our sadness, and expressing those disappointments and sadness to God and to others. That is wisdom. This is what the Bible teaches us to do with our pain, with our losses. We need to learn the wise practice of grieving, of lamenting, of the honest acknowledgement of our pain to God and to others. But so often, we live like the Black Knight. You know the Black Knight in Monty Python's Search for the Holy Grail? Do you remember that scene from that movie? He's, he's, by the, he's, he's guarding the, bri- the bridge, which is a plank across the creek. And, and Arthur comes along and wants to cross the bridge, and he says, let me pass. And the black knight says, no one shall pass. And so they fight. And and Arthur keeps mortally wounding the black knight. And he keeps calling him to surrender. Surrender. I just cut your arm off. Surrender. And and what does the black knight say? He says, oh, it's only a scratch. Oh, it's just a flesh wound. But we live like that. We take hits. All of us. You'll take hits this week. Disappointments. Disappointments. And struggles, relational conflict, stress and instability with work, deep disappointment with what you wanted from marriage, whether that was to be married or what you wanted your marriage to be. We take hits and then we say, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right? Oh, it's only a scratch. It's just a flesh wound. And the problem is you're going to bleed out at some point. And, and even if it is, okay? Even if it is a scratch, even if it is a scratch, scratches can get infected and cause a lot of damage. 
We need to deal with it. We need to learn the biblical tradition of honestly expressing our pain, our disappointment, our sadness to God and to others. Listen, if you don't, it, it's going to come up in some in one way or another. And and yes, listen, um, we can overindulge. Yes, yes, we can overindulge in emotions. But the unacknowledged emotions do more harm than overindulged emotions. Unacknowledged emotions do more harm than overindulged emotions. In some of those conversations I mentioned earlier, I've used this image with some of you. But it's like a beach ball in a pool. You take a beach ball in a pool and you, and you can push it under the surface, right? But it's going to continue to exert pressure. And then eventually it's going to pop up to the surface. It's going to find its way to the surface. That's your pain. That's your sadness. That's your fear. You can try to push it under the surface. Okay? You can try. Now, you won't be as successful as you think you are. Just ask the people around you to be really honest with you. Okay? You can try to push it under the surface, but it's going to continue to exert pressure. And eventually, it's going to pop up to the surface in an unhealthy and destructive way. So exhibit A, your anger. Anger. Anger is almost always unaddressed fear or grief. That's why we get angry. It's because we have a sadness, we have a scaredness that we haven't addressed. And that's the beach ball popping up to the surface in an unhealthy and a destructive way. We need to bring it out. We need to bring out our sadness. We need to bring out what weighs us down. God welcomes that. We need to bring it to him and we need to bring it to others. But what do we do with it? If we bring it out, if we let it to the surface, what do we do with it? We need to move from diagnosis to treatment. And I need to say at the outset here, talking about treating these sorts of issues, um, as I mentioned earlier, there's a physical, there's a medical component to this. Uh, and that is beyond my area of expertise. Okay? There is no shame in getting medical, psychological, psychiatric help for emotional and mental issues. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to admit that you need help. But there's no shame in seeking that help. If you need help, go get it. If the people in your life are saying, hey, maybe you need to go see someone, that means you definitely need to go see someone. Because you're way further down the rabbit hole than you think you are. Okay? So having said that, let's talk a little bit about what Proverbs gives us, strategies that Proverbs gives us to respond to the crushed spirit. And the central insight, I think, from this book is that what, what is a problem inside must be dealt with from the outside. Internal sickness needs external intervention. Chapter 15 says, the light of the eyes rejoice the heart and good news refreshes the bones. That light of the eyes there is that's not the light of your eyes. That's the light of another person's eyes. You need someone to look at you and speak.
speak to you in a way that's healing and in a way that's refreshing. And that is certainly an encouragement to healthy human relationships. We need that. Put all that I said about, all that we saw from Proverbs about family and friendship into this. This speaks to the need for healthy human relationships. Relationships that are mutually uplifting. Jess and I have a friend who loves to laugh. And she has one of those laughs that you can hear from three miles away. And you come away from conversations, you come away from time with Abby with your spirit uplifted. That is the light of the eyes. And we need to invest in relationships in our lives that will be mutual uplifting. And I'll say that's also the foundation of a good and healthy counseling relationship if you need that. But here's the problem. When we talked about family, when we talked about friendship in Proverbs, what did we run up against? We still ran up against sadness. We still ran up against pain. We still ran up against failure and disappointment. And so while human relationships are good, they are not enough. We need more. And I think we can see that more in in chapter 13, verse 12. 13, verse 12, how does it balance heart sickness? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, I think this is like the fourth time that we've stumbled across the tree of life in the book of Proverbs. And remember that this is an image drawn from Genesis. And it is the image of life as it should be. It is the image of a fullness that we want, a fullness that we remember but we have never had. Because it was irretrievably lost when Adam and Eve walked east of Eden. In judgment for their sin. So this desire fulfilled in 13.12. This is more than getting the truck that you've had your eye on. This is the recovery of a lost world. Free from death. In all its forms. That's what your crushed spirit needs. That's what your drained bones need. You see, you need what Ezekiel saw. You remember Ezekiel the prophet? Saw a lot of strange things. Makes you wonder what he was smoking. But, but, in, but in one of those strange visions, God takes him to a valley. You remember this? And what's in the valley? Bones. Very Dry bones. And God says, Ezekiel, I want you to talk to those bones. Because these bones, they were representative of the state, the the condition of God's people at that time under God's judgment. God's people who had lost not only emotional well-being, but they had lost the life that God had promised to them because of their idolatry and because of their sin. And so God says, Ezekiel, I want you to talk to these bones. And as Ezekiel talks to the bones, God's ruach. Ruach is is Hebrew for breath. It's also Hebrew for what Proverbs and the Old Testament calls spirit. God's Ruach, his breath, his spirit breathes on these bones. And what happens? They are refreshed. They are revived. And what Ezekiel saw was an anticipation of what God was up to 
in creation. It was an anticipation of the work that God was doing and continues to do. Renewing not only his people, but renewing all of creation. The work that he began to do and continues to do through the gifts of his son Jesus. And through the gift of his Holy Spirit to those who are in Jesus. Your crushed spirit needs what Ezekiel saw. And you get what Ezekiel saw. In Jesus. You see, in Jesus and through Him, the the gift of the Holy Spirit, in that, God breathes. God breathes on humanity, on the bones of humanity that have been drained by sin. Jesus is the light of God's eyes turned towards you. Turn towards those who believe in Him. Jesus is God's voice of good news that refreshes the bones. He is the good news of forgiveness for the guilty. Of resurrection for the sick. He is the good news to the lonely. That they will never be forsaken. That's what your crushed spirit needs. You see, Jesus was crushed so that we could drink the wine of God's mercy. Jesus was crushed by guilt. Jesus was crushed by grief so that we could drink the wine of God's joy. Jesus hung on that cursed tree so that he could bring us to another tree, so that he could restore us to the tree of life, which is found in three places in Scripture. It's found in Genesis, it's found here in Proverbs, and then it's found in Revelation. The book that teaches us to continue to hope. When it seems as if hope has been deferred, as in hope has been lost, it teaches us to hope, to look to that time when desires and dreams we didn't even know we had will be fulfilled in Him. That's what your crushed spirit needs. And of course the problem is we're still waiting for that hope. And so we still struggle with grief and we still wrestle With sorrow. And so from these passages. And from the rest of scripture. We must learn daily. To receive the light of God's eyes. On us. Through Jesus. We must learn daily. To hear that good news. That will refresh our bones. We must daily receive the embrace of God's love. That restores us to a life with him. Les Murray is a great Australian poet. And he has a poem called The Head Spider. And that is his description Of his lifelong, very serious struggle with clinical depression, the head spider. 
And the last line of that poem gets to the heart of the issue for him and for us. He says, if love is cursed in us, then when God exists, we don't. If love is cursed in us, then when God exists, we don't. That is deeply biblical because we were made to dwell in God's love. But sin's curse has blocked it. Sin's curse has blocked us from the one whose love is our life. But Jesus has taken the curse. Jesus has taken the curse and has extended the arms of God to us. So if you are in Jesus, then love is not curse in you. The question is, can you receive it? Can you receive it? Can you hear it? You see, a few weeks ago, I had to pick up the phone again. And I had to call that same counselor. And I had to go sit down with him again because I got down again, as I often do. And he looked at me and he said, Jonathan... You're trying to manage when you need to surrender. You're trying to manage when you need to surrender. When you need to give yourself over to the compassion of Jesus that will heal your soul. I need to hear that message often. And so do you. And so will you with the eyes of faith See God with the light of his eyes looking at you. Will you with the ears of faith hear that good news that will refresh your bones? Let's pray.